Welcome to another edition of PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. This is Brad Soboleski. Today we're going to be talking about the most common fracture in pediatrics. Now, perhaps not the most common that you see in the emergency department, but number one nonetheless, clavicle fractures. So in children under the age of 10, 90% of the clavicle fractures that you'll see occur in the middle third. 60% of these are non-displaced. So ultimately, that already lets you know that most have a fantastic prognosis. Above the age of 10, however, as children enter adolescence, the majority are displaced. This is also the case in adults. In general, you've probably heard in the past that if the two ends of the bone are in the same room, then all you have to do is immobilize them with a sling and maybe a swath for three to four weeks, and they will heal. And that's pretty much true for most uncomplicated clavicle fractures in prepubertal children. So certainly, though, you should be aware as to whether or not the patient has an open fracture. Anytime there's a break in the skin near the fracture site, even something that looks like a tiny puncture hole or a little ditzel is indicative of an open fracture. So during the initial injury, the bone can puncture the skin and then retract underneath, and so you can't see them under simple inspection. Any patient with respiratory compromise or hemodynamic instability, well, you should worry about serious injury to intrathoracic or other structures. That should be immediately addressed. Now, you're probably going to see that in a fall from a height or an automobile crash or really unlucky football player. Proximal third clavicle fractures are more rare, and those are the types that are generally associated with more significant trauma and have a higher odds of being associated with internal injuries. So let's circle back to the management of routine fractures. So again, in the past, the dictum was put them in a sling and let the body do the rest. But there may be some advantages to repairing select medial fractures in the operating room. Now certainly, this is not something that needs to be done emergently in the majority of closed fractures without neurovascular compromise or internal injuries, but it does change who you refer the patient to. So in general, outpatient orthopedic referral is recommended for patients with a completely displaced clavicle fracture, and this means displacement greater than one bone width, shortening greater than 18 millimeter in males and 14 millimeter in females because there's a risk of increased morbidity. This includes prolonged local tenderness, numbness, more pain when lying on the affected side, impaired range of motion, impaired strength, and cosmetic abnormalities, and certainly any fracture that's comminuted. Emergent orthopedic consultation, again, is recommended for open fractures, neurovascular compromise, or tenting of the skin. The skin is stretched so tautly over displaced fracture that it looks like if the patient sneezed, it would pop through. But what about those high school athletes that are on seven select teams whose main concern is how quickly they can get back to the field of play? Well, there is some relatively new evidence from the orthopedic literature, and it comes from a prospective randomized trial where they wanted to look at displaced mid-shaft clavicle fractures, either repairing with open reduction and internal fixation versus conservative non-operative management. The main question was whether or not athletes could get back on the field sooner. So this study of over 100 patients with displaced mid-shaft clavicle fractures, the non-surgical group healed at about an average of 28 weeks, 
while the group that had surgery healed completely at an average of 16 weeks. Furthermore, the non-surgical group had a higher rate of non-union and symptomatic malunion than the group that was randomized to surgery. Certainly, this research was done in adults, and so it may not be directly applicable to the still-growing pediatric patient. Also, some orthopedists would argue that it may not be worth putting a patient through the operating room for two to three weeks return to play improvement because of the inherent risks of surgery and perhaps the injury is on the patient's non-dominant arm. There are also reviews of patients that have received surgery in the past, and in one smaller study, half of the patients required plate removal, and in another, a small proportion needed reoperation. What you should take home from this is that it is our job in the pediatric ED to recognize significantly displaced, open, and clavicle fractures that are associated with internal injuries and not to make a decision about surgery. If a patient has questions and concerns, it's important to understand the literature and to make an appropriate referral to an orthopedic surgeon. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Check out more educational content on PEMblog.com. This has been Brad Sobolewski for PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. Everybody get dangerous, everybody get dangerous.